Hey friends, I'm Crystal Kate Bonham and you're listening to the Off The Bike Podcast. I created this conversation because I believe in community. I mean, isn't that what we're all here for? So whether you're an instructor looking to grow your influence, a fitness guru searching for that next level experience, or an entrepreneur at heart looking for growth in your career, join us as we unclip, hop off the bike, and dig into creating an extraordinary life. Y'all, today's episode could not be more timely. Not only did we just celebrate the 100th anniversary of the passage of the 19th Amendment, which guaranteed and protected women's constitutional right to vote, it's also an election year and a very contentious one at that. If there's one thing I hope we can all agree on, it's encouraging our communities to make their voices heard by voting. Today's guest is a freshly minted Lululemon ambassador here in Austin, Texas, an indoor cycling and fitness instructor, and the founder of fit to vote a movement focused on activating our fitness community to find our voices and vote. Jenny Bender, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. And this is your first podcast ever. This is my first podcast ever. Okay, I'm like, so it's kind of a big deal. Yeah. Are you nervous? <laughs> I am. I was on my way here and then like, I'm, get, I'm 10 minutes away and I'm just like, oh, wait, this is kind of a big deal. And now I'm kind of nervous. And I was just like, Ooh. you're fine. You're fine. <laughs> Cool. Well, let's jump right in. You are also an indoor cycling instructor and you teach other formats as well. So I would love if you would just take us through your journey of how you got started in the fitness industry, you know, all the hurdles you've overcome, things you've experienced and where you're at now in Austin. Yeah. Um, so I started teaching fitness classes. It's probably been seven. Yeah. It's been almost, almost seven years. Um, I started when I was in school when I was in college and I over a summer fell in love with Les Mills body combat. I thought it was the coolest thing ever. And, you know, I truly believe that like when, you know, you start a a fitness journey, you have to find something you love. It is not about, you know, it's not going to stick. Well, and you have to try a lot of things because some things are just not your jam. Oh yeah. yeah. And I mean, we could get into that as well. (laughs) Like, Creating something that's sustainable is really truly finding a way to move your body that makes you feel joyous, that excites you. And so I had never felt that way as for doing like this cardio, you know, shadow boxing, kickboxing class to the beat of the music, which was even better because I have a background in dance and musical theater um, most of my life as well. Um, And so anyway, so I found Les Mills Body Combat and I just thought it was the coolest thing ever. And there was a training in Houston because I went to school here um, in San Marcos. Um, And I just said, you know, why not? It's probably never going to be my career. I think that would just be so hard. It would be so exhausting. No way. And jokes on me because this is what I do full time. And then I had an opportunity to teach freestyle cycling freestyle yes. cycling <laughs> freestyle cycling can we yes what does that even mean <laughs> so less mills, so less mills is oh my god i get it so less mills was um pre-choreographed they pick the music okay and they give you the choreography so you're learning each quarter new choreography and music okay um and then you know when you change up your class you're learning the older releases. Um, so, so as it was presented to me, right, this is freestyle group fitness, which is what we do, which is boutique cycling, which is, you know, to the beat. Um, and it was a pilot program for gold's gym. It was kind of supposed to be their take on boutique. Um, and 
I totally, I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to like that. I don't know how I feel about programming this myself. And I just totally fell in love with it. I was like, oh my God. What I had been missing was I had been able to interpret other people's story, right? I love to look at a playlist. Every playlist is a story mm-hmm. you're telling from beginning, middle to end. And I was able to tell someone else's story and interpret that. And I was missing that aspect of me getting to create it from the beginning. Um, so I fell in love with that. And I just started to feel like <clears throat> there's magic in this. There's, and I had heard about Soul Cycle and big boutique fitness. And I um, decided, you know, I need to move to Austin. I think this is where my fitness career is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm supposed to be in a space like boutique fitness. This is where I'm going to do well. So I auditioned for um, a studio that is no longer in Austin. That was kind of a funny, crazy story of like I had auditioned and it was going to work out. And then they ended up pulling out of the Austin market like two months after I had moved, which was totally nuts. Um, and so I came up to Austin kind of felt like this isn't going to work out. And I found a kickboxing studio that was local that was just about to open up. So that was kind of my gateway into boutique. Um, I got to open a studio, my first boutique go around, which was crazy and exciting. And I've learned a lot. And so right now I am finally in um, places that I really feel like are um, just the right fit feel for right me. for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so important. <clears throat> it is. It really is. And and really, it takes trying on other other things, other places. You know, I taught at a place um, that was kind of like our local version of Berries. And while it was, um, you know, a really cool concept, like running is not something I feel that passionate <laughs> about. <laughs> so it wasn't right. right. <laughs> everyone in everyone in quarantine um, was like, I've started running, and I'm like. I continue not to run. I ran one time. <laughs> I ran twice. One time. And I ran a 5K. Okay. Without realizing. I just, I made a playlist I would normally yes. ride to. Mm-hmm. Pretty much all the same cadence, like 75, 85 BPM. Like, just like, or RPM, whatever. Just jogging, sure. like doing my thing. And I get home and my husband's like, I'm so proud of you. You did a 5K. And that's I was so like, funny. oh. You're like, oh, that's did first and probably a last. Like, <laughs> That's hilarious. That's enough of that. Back to yes. the bike. <laughs> right. Um, and so, yeah, I found um, the this cycling studio that I'm at in Austin is called Ride Indoor Cycling. It was actually the first uh, uh, boutique cycling studio in Austin. Um, they have, I had danced around doing full like choreography spin prior to where I was at Flywheel. And, you know, prior to that, I was doing that um, freestyle spin. I, can't, I still can't get over that it's called freestyle spin. I know. It just sounds like out of control, even though I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. Like, yeah. Oh, just go for it. Yeah, just go for Whatever it. All right, guys. Right the moment. Feels very like new age. Yes. But it, like cycling. It feels like we're gonna put on Enya and then yeah. like I'm just gonna let you like feel like into the ride. Cycling. <laughs> you have a dance background. You I, get it. I do, I do. That would be um I, that like makes me laugh, but also makes me like anxious all at the same time. Yeah. You know? Um but no, anyway, so yeah, I had done, you know, mostly metric based and then metric based with choreography mixed in and then like Flywheel has a choreography ride, but there are still intervals. So this is really the first time too that I've done stretch straight up choreo, like rhythm based riding. Mm -hmm. Yeah, first time you took a class there. Yeah, how did it make you feel 
relative to the classes you had taken that had some kind of metric component to them. Yeah, totally. I, I mean, it was really exciting, obviously. I mean, I had taken rhythmic spin before that. And the first time I experienced that, I was like, oh my God, especially as a dancer, you are like, holy shit, this is so freaking cool. What is so powerful about it is the people that are there that like, this is their thing. This is their community. These are, they are each other's friends. They have, you know, a front row club, like, and, and so you go in and you feel like you're entering this kind of like magical space where everyone kind of already understands what's happening. So there is a sense of like, what, I don't know what's going on. It can be a little Um, intimidating. It can be super intimidating. And let's not pretend that we are not nuts and we are like, okay, out of the saddle. It's like 80 (laughs) BPM. Um, And then you're like tap pulse tap, pulse, double tap, body roll. And like, wait, yeah. what? I'm sorry. Huh? <laughs> yes. Believe it or not, um, I identify as like an introvert with an extrovert skill set. So I feel like that's a lot of instructors. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And it's partially the the nature of the job. I think that people who are creators are, are, are more sensitive people. And a lot of introverts are also a little bit more sensitive. And I like coming into a space and watching and observing and experiencing and kind of like catching the vibe, whatever's going on. Yeah. And so that was something that I loved about boutique is that like there is a specific um, tone that is set mm-hmm. within it. And that was, that really drew me to like, oh, I think this is something I would like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a far more, I've always referred to it as like an empathetic. Absolutely feeling Mm -hmm. as an instructor where Mm -hmm. it's like, you know, you could just show up and go through the motions and do well and Mm -hmm. succeed in this industry. But there's a whole other level. If you do kind of have that like extroverted introvert thing going on where you're able to really observe and take in and kind of be a wallflower, but Mm -hmm. then also be vulnerable and have that moment of connection with the people in the room. And that is like, that is where the magic happens. As mm-hmm. soon as you're in a class, yeah. whether it's indoor cycling or something else, and you have that moment, like that is your thing. Right. Like two episodes, a couple episodes yeah. ago with Lisa Michelson, mm-hmm. she was really opening up and talking about the first time she decided to be vulnerable. Yeah. And oh my gosh. She yes. was like, I've stumbled over my words. Uh-huh. I don't even know what I said. Totally. But at the end of class, <clears throat> everyone was like, so grateful right. and so there for it. Right. And I went into it like, I wrote my intentions down and mm-hmm. I had like a feeling that I wanted to create in that environment, in that space. Mm-hmm. And I did the best that I could. Everyone right. has a first time doing this. Yes. Right. And so yes. same thing where you're trying to like at the beginning of your class, yes. create a tone mm-hmm. and it takes practice. Yes. And it's going to be clumsy and awkward at first, mm-hmm. but like the more you do it, the more you find like what you're putting your shoes on at the last second thing is or yeah, whatever. Totally, totally. And it's like, I've definitely had fun playing with what that looks like for me. Um, but that wasn't even something I was thinking about in other studios that I've taught in. Like yeah. sometimes I show up and I have like an ear cuff on and red lipstick and like the strappiest sports bra you've ever seen in your life. And I'm just like, what am I doing? But I know, but it's like, I've created this character and through that I've styled. And then through that, like, here's the story of the playlist. Um, And I mean, we really are performers. So, you know, you have to kind of arm yourself to Mm -hmm. be that performer and leader and holder of space. Um, But it's just so funny sometimes because I'm like, I'm getting ready for my spin class and I'm putting on some red lipstick 
And here's the outfit that I've planned. (laughs) And it's always a day that you run out of like waterproof mascara Mm -hmm. and then you look like, I don't know, Marilyn Manson at the end. It's great. It's super awesome. (laughs) Something about the ritual of putting it on makes me feel like I'm ready. It's part of your like routine of showing up class, right? And especially if you have a theme ride or Mm -hmm. a very intentional story you're telling with your playlist. It's like you want to show up and deliver the product you just created and do it well. Absolutely. And you want, um, that's one of the things that I, I loved about rides training is, you know, we talked about this stuff that like you want what you're wearing to also tell the story of what you're doing in class. Or Mm -hmm. do you feel intimidated by the pressure we feel in the fitness industry to constantly be trying to find the next thing? Or create the next choreography or do more of whatever on the bike or off in other formats to show that pressure. Yeah. Um, I do. I do and I don't. I'm like, I'm a pretty temperamental person. So like when I find great music, I'm pretty inspired right away. Um, but like that's, it's a double-edged thing in the way that you know, so when I'm inspired, I'm creating, creating, creating. And then when I'm not, I'm just like, well, top to poles, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But absolutely. Keeping it simple today. Right. Yeah. Which um, there's beauty in that too. Right. For sure. Right. Absolutely. There are moments where I feel like I just did this with this song. Now I have to top it. Now I have to match it. Now I have to go. And, and something that I think is good um, is I've started to follow instructors out in LA and New York and just like see what they're doing because mm-hmm. there are pieces of choreography I've never seen before. I'm like, Oh, I like that. What would happen if I tried this? And then I tried it with that. And so I do to an extent feel that pressure to constantly reinvent or like do that next thing. I think that's human nature. Yeah. Um, yeah. but I also am always questioning like, Oh, that's cool. Now how do I do it in a way that feels like, the, how would I do it now? It's like true to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What's your yeah. favorite piece of choreography? Um, I'm so into shoulder taps right now. Oh, okay. I'm really into shoulder taps. Here for I it. I like the swag of it. Um, I love a good fast jog. Who doesn't love a good fast jog? Crack jog. So yeah, I'm a big advocate in, in, in class about like, don't do something to try to keep up with everyone else. Like this is your experience. It is your ride there is so much space for, I think our writers to own that they don't know. Mm-hmm. They, they're like, Oh, I have to do this, 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 and this. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Well, especially the way <clears throat> get there. we ride, yes. it's so much endurance mm-hmm. and you have to build that endurance. Yes. You can't just start running out of the saddle at 95 right. RPM and hold just- it for four minutes. Like, right. It's, yeah, 100, 110, like 110 yeah. alternating like that. I live for that. Like mm-hmm. when I first started teaching, I was coming off of knee surgery as a college oh athlete. It literally took me two years totally to build up the endurance to hold that fast step out of the saddle. Yes. And that was a rough two years because I was yeah. like, I, I'm a college athlete. Mm-hmm. I could muscle through this. Right. But it's totally different. Mm-hmm. And if you just acknowledge you know, drop it in the saddle, like come up 10 seconds at a time, like Mm -hmm. work on those little fast twitch muscles and like develop that endurance. It'll be so much more enjoyable for you. Right. And you'll hit that goal of holding that longer sooner. Yes. Than if you just kill yourself. Yes. And I also like amend that where I'm like, Hey, I want you guys to do what feels right, but I would rather have you sit down and catch the beat 
than be out of the saddle, just struggling doing through something. and doing something. Yeah. Right. Because we want a progression that's going to help them get to where they want to be mm-hmm. um, versus like, I'm going to hang on until I eventually figure this out. Right. Um, and, and, and totally I, I had, um, when I was transitioning from flywheel to ride, I was used to metric cycling and I was used to interval training and, um, getting those periods of rest as well. And Mm -hmm. definitely not being out of the saddle at that fast of a pace for that sustained period of time. You know, it happened. It just clicked one day and I said, it's reps, it's practice, it's being patient with yourself. And it's also allowing yourself to be exactly where you are without needing to judge it, without Mm -hmm. getting angry or frustrated or, I mean, you're allowed to do that. Right. But not to be like, I am, I shouldn't be here. Notice the self-talk, right? Right. If it becomes instantly negative internally, Mm -hmm. shut it down. But if it's like, it's me against me, Mm -hmm. like how I was yesterday is not how I'm going to be today. And I'm going to be stronger tomorrow. And you just have to give yourself a little bit of grace. (laughs) Too soon? Too soon. Um, I, I wish... I have a lot of issues with the way that the wellness industry is structured and it can be so result driven and product driven um, and oriented. I mean, this is just years and years and years of this same kind of culture, but it's like, we have to start being nicer to ourselves. I uh, had a client say something pretty negative about their body in front of me. And I, one day I'm going to get into trouble for this, but I was kind of like, I don't really like what you said about yourself. And she was like, oh no, it's fine. Just kept trying to excuse it. And eventually, right. You have to not fight someone else's battle who isn't ready, but it was, it was really painful um, to hear and to watch someone engage that way with themselves where we had just done a class and I had, you know, seen this person work super, super hard. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was just like, oh, how we have to change this culture. It's hard. Yeah. It's a lot. Yeah. I feel that. It's especially hard when you finish a class where it was maybe especially inspiring that day and vibrating on another level. Things were so great. And then afterwards, yeah, it's like that person that you care so much about that like that class ended up being for that person. Mm -hmm. Like you didn't know it going into that. Oh yeah. (laughs) And then after you were like, girl, yes, sis. Yes. And that was for you. And, and then, then you, you didn't even take I'm going to kill it. you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and actually the next week and a half, maybe I felt so fueled by that interaction within my classes. So of course, like all the feels playing Beyonce is pretty hurts. The rehab <laughs> yes. remix is my ride home, just getting heated <laughs> AF. Like this is uh, uh, especially, you know, being in these periods of inactivity for two, three months. And I, I think at some point I said in one of my classes, like if you gained weight, like nobody cares, your body was surviving a pandemic. Your body is still surviving a pandemic. We are still getting yes. through this. We are still getting there is through this. no right answer <laughs> right. on how to deal with right. the added stress, mm-hmm. the changing environment, the yes. lack of ability to have what used to be your regular routine right in any shape or form whether it's work or school or play or exercise Mm -hmm. just relaxing going and getting a glass of wine with a friend like now we can kind of do some of those things but even then you're you're going into your favorite wine bar with like a mask on and it's weird and you don't know if you can like hug someone or like shake their hand or you're like hey what's up and then none of it is free like you leave that interaction like was that the right thing for me to do you know I've had experiences where like 
I've gone out to an outdoor socially distanced, like bar or something, not bar, but like, you know, cause they're closed. Um, like cosmic, which is a coffee shop, but they also sell alcohol, but they have food trucks. Um, I'm so interested in how places like that are kind of like skirting around the Yeah, rules. they're like adjusting. I saw a right. brewery that was like, we're selling chips and then you oh also get a beer. <laughs> I think it was Austin Beer Works. I don't That's know, but so I'm funny. like, okay, I'm here for that. Right. And and so, um, you know, those interactions are, they're, they're not carefree and they're not carefree in the way that they used to be um, either. And, and our normal is going to look different moving forward forever and ever. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just, uh, I'm pretty sure I said something along the lines of in this class, like if you gain weight, who the f- cares? <laughs> um, <laughs> cause you have that moment you get so, um, it worked up and you're you know, with the build of the music and yeah, all of that music and endorphins, just, sweat, your brain right. is like operating in a different level right. and you're yeah. performing and it's just, um, yeah. And, and, and I think that we need people who are saying those things, who aren't saying, um, make sure you're still moving once a day. Like maybe that feels good to somebody and maybe it doesn't. I personally, I needed a lot of rest. I mean, you get it. Yes. We're teaching like eight classes a week. Yeah. So I have, you know, who knows how long at the beginning, right? We're like, I don't know, this long is going to last. Got a couple weeks. Right. So I'm going to take this time and just, let my and and more than that my body was going hey girl so time out time out yeah. time out you've been doing this for like six years time out yeah. um and I let myself do that and I think uh, a, a week two weeks maybe it was even three weeks that I was like oh, I think I would like to move in a very intense way again yeah um and I just let that be. Yeah. I didn't I didn't I don't to this day still feel guilty about it and I'm happy to share about it because I think we're so terrified of rest. Um, and and I'm, yet, yeah, yeah, this whole like self-care culture, not to, <clears throat> right. not to get hung no, up on this, but the right. whole thing is like, rest, rest feel good right. in your body. But yeah. it, it just feels almost so surface level and very superficial where it's like, yes. now the world is forcing us mm-hmm. all to rest. And everyone's freaking out. And you won't just do it. Yes. It is, it is very, um, I love this term. It's very spiritually bypassing of, I mean, wellness culture, self-care culture, all of that. And like, you know, I don't know what the answer is to start changing it, but you know, I'm just, I'm painfully honest a lot of the time. And I think that is all I can do, you know? All right. Well, let's get to what we're actually here for. Yeah. (laughs) No, no, we're here for all of this, but I, noticed that you Mm -hmm. started speaking up about a lot of the, you know, issues that have been going on over the last few months, three, four, five months. And you have started your own little passion project. Mm -hmm. So I would love for you to just share a little bit about, you know, the inception of that. Like, have you always been interested in in politics and policy and all that? Like Mm -hmm. where go for it? Yeah. So I'm currently right now working on a, I guess you could say I'm building, it's building a brand. I've had a lot of friends be like, is it a nonprofit? And I'm like, not yet, but certainly has the potential to be in the future. So I'm working on um, a brand, which is really just, it's focused on social media campaign. It's called Fit to Vote. Um, and it's about engaging our wellness and uh, fitness spaces in um, honestly changing the mindset of how we feel about being politically engaged, not just as a community, but especially as instructors and as leaders. It is for everyone. It is not just for instructors, but I think that that is what really inspired it. I have always been a very passionate 
person towards politics. And it wasn't something that I really gave a lot of space for, um, especially college, you know, high school, Jenny, high school, senior Jenny, like was a part of the Amnesty International Club was like making calls to governors and tears. A lot of the times, you know, there's, we have one plate and we have one space and it, it, I didn't have enough for it when I was in that time of my life. It's, it's funny because I think we spend this time as young adults trying to discover who we are. And most of the time it just brings you back to who you were. Mm-hmm. Um, and that always feels good, but strange. It yeah. feels good in a way that it feels like coming home to yourself. But anyways, the idea came to me back in 2018 with the midterm elections, a year into being in boutique fitness um, in Austin. I had started to cultivate a following and a platform and people cared about what I had to say about watermelon. Like it was the smallest things, right? That like It's funny when you're an instructor and you're like, I have authority in that room yes. on this topic yes. over our experience, but you want to talk to me about yeah. like the new shopping thing going in right. down the street. Like I have an opinion right. on that. Well, and and that's kind of the the seedlings of of the idea. It started to become apparent to me, like, this is cool, but like deeply disturbing that people give us as instructors so much power Mm -hmm. and they, and I think it's beautiful, right? To be able to step into that leadership, but not everyone is stepping into that leadership role as an instructor to be a change maker. Sometimes it's like, I just wanted to have fun. This is a fun job. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you're like, oh my God, why do you care about what I think and what I do and who I am and what I did in the weekend, you know? It's a big responsibility that I don't think that we always know that we're about to be given. I had seen this duality within social media as well as political engagement. And I'm always, I always feel like I'm exploring some kind of duality. I'm also a Gemini, so there's that. Um, <laughs> that but feels right. <laughs> right, that was right. Um, I had seen some instructors and especially clients really get excited about voting in the midterms. I was really floored by that. And on the opposite end of the spectrum, I was seeing instructors say, vote for me for best blank and Austin Fit Magazine, but had nothing to say about a very important election that we were having. Just, I had a lot of questions. It made me see this opportunity of like, we have so much influence over people who come to us every single day. They're not just coming to us to get a good workout and get a good sweat and burn calories. It's so much more than that. They're coming to us to be leaders, to guide them through a fitness journey. Um, And usually you end up attracting people who have similar stories as you do or Mm -hmm. emotional connection because whatever you're putting out there is something that is resonating with them. They're also coming with their friends and for their friends and they're meeting people there. And this is, this is like, I mean, truly a community. People are doing this on their own to say, I'm, I'm voting in the midterms because this, this, and this. Um, and it, it's never been a question for me. I'm, I'm not going to vote. Mm-hmm. I've always, I've not, I've never seen that as an option. Um, and I didn't even know that. So, you know, I'm having more conversations about voting and I'm having more conversations about, um, or I'm seeing more people get more active and get excited. And then I'm seeing people say literally nothing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, there's opportunity here. Yeah. And there is power within the leadership that we experience as instructors. This 
needs to be used. And so at the time I was also getting more and more comfortable because that's another thing they don't tell you about being a fitness instructor, photo shoots. Oh yeah. Content, social media. I had finally gotten more comfortable with that. And because like social media is like such a pain in the ass, but it's also kind of a necessary (laughs) evil. It's so necessary. And now a lot of times it's our only way of connecting with each other. Um, And so I had this moment where I was like, what if I could create an opportunity for people to create content, exciting and activating our community to be interested in Mm -hmm. voting, to be interested in being politically engaged. What would that look like? So I had that idea and then I just kind of tucked it away. And then, you know, this year has been quite a year and I've had a lot of um, time on my hands and of all, you know, of course, all of a sudden I don't have any more time because I'm teaching, but I, I told myself as, you know, the world is blowing up and we're seeing all of the systems that, um, are just, I mean, all of the systems are, are crumbling. And I just said to myself, if you don't do this, Jenny, one, this is important. This is an important election year. So you have to do this. And two, <laughs> if you don't do this, this idea is going to go somewhere else. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm a big fan of Liz Gilbert. Oh yeah. Yeah. And she has, she says in her book, um, big magic that, um, if you have an idea, uh, and you don't act on it, it will leave you and it'll go to someone else mm-hmm. to be conceived. Because it's supposed to happen. It's supposed right? to happen. Absolutely. So we started doing research on what if, you know, we did this social media campaign, which truly is, you know, I want to find ways in the future for this to look very tangible. Like how do we measure people getting ready, um, getting people registered to vote? How do we do this, this and this? But for, you know, what I feel like I can manage right now is, How do we create a community experience to give people the opportunity to register, but also change the stigma around quote unquote, getting political on your Instagram, Mm -hmm. making your brand political. I don't think encouraging people to vote is political and it shouldn't be. Well, there's a lot of, I don't even think it's partisanship. Sure. It's not liking individuals, like Mm -hmm. some people, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. the system saying like, is a whole other conversation yeah. in my mind as it pertains to voting. Sure. At least immediately. Yes. And so my question is like uh-huh. voting. Awesome. Like we should always encourage people to vote, which is yes. why I love what you're doing. Thank you. Do you think that the reason why some people are silent is because right now social media kind of feels like an echo chamber? Oh, absolutely. It's really noisy. It's really noisy. It's not it's so organized. Sad. It's you're, you either agree with me mm-hmm. or I hate you. As a human being, Mm -hmm. which in my experience, having worked in public policy and politics in the past, it's like, Mm -hmm. that's not a productive conversation. We're never going to be able to work together on the things we do agree on if all of a sudden we don't like each other to the core. Right. So how the noisiness that is social media, making fit to vote, Mm -hmm. any kind of vote campaign successful... Yeah. And meaningful. A hundred percent something I'm asking myself, which I don't have all the answers to. I, there are a couple of things I want to address within that question because there's so much to it, right? So um, first and foremost, Fit to Vote is a nonpartisan social media campaign. I don't think voting itself should be partisan. And we want to invite everyone to the table. I agree. Um, because well, and in the past, who, voting has been very much like, yeah, just vote the ticket, vote right. this way or vote that right. way. And it's I mean, like, well, there's like, what if I am like kind of somewhere right. in the middle on certain things? I don't want a straight vote. 
sure. for one side or another. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's mm-hmm. more to it. And that's where I think like educational voting comes in. Absolutely. The intention behind it is nonpartisan. And I've obvi- I mean, I've already had to have those conversations with people that are involved where I'm like, hey, I love your passion for this, but you are welcome to share whatever you'd like on your social media. But when you post this photo, um, you ha- the intention behind it is posting a photo of um, you either in movement or posing with the word vote written on your body and sharing simply why you vote, why it is important to you in your heart of hearts to vote. And sometimes, you know, I think it can certainly be, I vote because of this, I am passionate about this issue. I, what I'm trying to avoid is I'm voting for this person because this other person sucks, or I'm voting for this person because X, Y, Z, and we need to, you know, what us versus them, like rah, rah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, Social media is this wild echo chamber. It is wild. Um, And I have had conversations with friends in the past couple of days where I've been like, I can't um, handle the the way that people are showing up on social media these days. It's a lot. And it's It's also like the mental health component paired up with quarantine. I know. And then all these huge issues have flared up again rightfully so right but it's like almost a perfect storm of Mm -hmm. a lot of things happening at one time it it really is 20 that's the that's the best way to describe this year it has been a perfect storm of a lot of things (laughs) there's other words i want to use but i feel like perfect storm storm. (laughs) (laughs) yeah absolutely um i think that there's a lot of um part of the reason part of the ways that i want to make fit to vote meaningful is um, through events, whether they're virtual. I have an instructor who is filming a class um, that we will essentially distribute to the people that are involved or have people, you know, sign up, they can register for that virtual class and then have the awareness of the event that we're doing, um, which by the way is September 19th. So that's our media day. Um, But, you know, outdoor boot camps, you know, if we're able to do them um, is something I do want to do because I think, making this about connecting and having conversations and, you know, hopefully not uh, just finding people who agree with us, you know, mm-hmm. like-minded individuals doesn't always have to be agreeing in politics. I think sometimes it can be like-minded individuals who feel passionate about this, but are interested in engaging in conversation around things that we may or may not agree on. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the way that I want to make this meaningful is community and storytelling. Yeah within the the actual content that we're creating, it is this photo and then this sharing of your story of why you think it is important to vote. And then by connecting people who are, which I think gives permission to people um, to get political on social media, mm-hmm. right? Because obviously we have people who are going off. A-W-F-F, yeah. like <laughs> off. Um, but I think there are a lot of people who are afraid to. I think there are a lot of people that think, if I express my views, then I will lose clients. People won't like me. I will become less palatable for mm-hmm. a demographic that currently feeds me. I mean, literally. Literally. Right? These are people's livelihoods and careers we're right. talking about. And while I have compassion for that, it also makes me really angry. But I've also had that conversation already mm-hmm. with myself, which was back in 2018, the midterms, and I was very inspired by the people who were posting. And I said to myself, I was like, what if I post something and someone doesn't like it and they stop coming to my classes? 
And then I, I had to really sit with that. And, and the conclusion I came to was, if that were to be a person who couldn't hold space for the fact that we both have differing opinions, then what is what kind of person is that that I'm wanting to be a part of my space, you know? And if we value the experience we create yes. as instructors, as a community building mm-hmm. opportunity, communities are unique. Yes. Like it's a fabric of people with different opinions, different backgrounds, different ethnicities, mm-hmm. jobs, all that kind of stuff. And that's what makes it very unique and interesting. Yeah. And, and you can connect with people on different things. And right. you don't even necessarily need to agree to disagree. It's just, right. you need to acknowledge, like you may yeah. think this way about taxes and I think mm-hmm. this way about taxes, but yeah. at the end of the day, when we're in that room writing next to one another and we yeah. raise each other's vibration, like that is what matters. Exactly. Like, that can still be a powerful experience and we can mm-hmm. still not agree on other things. Absolutely. And I, I also believe that truly just building off of what you said, we can walk into a space and have respect for each other as different people and each other's differences, you know, and we don't have to even decide that we want to have that conversation. Like I know I have plenty of clients that probably are like this, like liberal feminist nut job, love her, <laughs> love her classes, but she is like a little kooky, <laughs> you know, or that like, I don't like when she posts this, this, and this, but still have respect for me as a human. Mm-hmm. And I still have respect for them as a human. And should we ever want to engage in that conversation, I would be open to, to doing so, but it's like, or even not, <clears throat> or even not, it's, yeah. you don't, your job isn't always no, to change it's people's not. minds on right. issues. And I also think that like, oh, that is such a, that's such gold because I think, you know, in 2020, the things that people feel so passionately about as actionable items, because let's be honest, everything is out of control. Most people feel comfort in control. So we want to be like, what can I do? Yeah. And one of the biggest things is having conversations with people. And I hear that. And I absolutely want to, but you have to, you have to protect yourself. You have to protect your energy. You have to be boundaried in, is this person, maybe this is a client of mine, but is this person, someone in my life who I love that this is worthy of me, like giving this much energy and getting worked up and maybe getting upset and maybe getting hurt feelings. Maybe not. Um, and I'm, I'm a big firm believer in like, you have to build that bubble around you that keeps you your cup full. Like, yeah. I think absolutely we should be having hard conversations with the people in our lives, but not at your own expense. Well, and um, it's when you can't do it. You know, if you're, if you're going into a conversation with someone who clearly right. will not change right. their mind on an issue yes. or who's not going to understand what you have to say, they're what not ready to hear does that. that. Do them yeah. or you? Yes. You know, and you're just causing yourself more heartache <laughs> totally over something you have no control right. over. And right. so sometimes we just need to like mm-hmm. let that go. Yep. Be friends or not be friends with that person. Or understand that they fit into your life in this way. And it doesn't have to be in any other area. I, I was just talking this morning um, to my therapist about, and you have to speak to people in a language they're going to understand. Um, and if people oh. are not ready to learn Spanish, German, gibberish. Like, I have this book. It's called um, How You Love. Yeah. And it's written yeah. by this psychiatrist, mm-hmm. pastor, and his wife, who's also a psychiatrist, are from California. But they basically like dive into all these ways that we were raised as children. Mm-hmm. And that develops into our communication patterns as adults. Yes. And so if I'm speaking to you the way that I want to be communicated with. I'm very direct and I know that. Some people say it's it doesn't vibe and they, mm-hmm. they take it very personally or yes. that is so real. Like yeah. 
trying to learn about different communication styles so you yes. can approach a conversation mm-hmm. and have a meaningful discussion right. rather than just, I'm going to talk at you right. for the next five minutes about why you should believe this. Mm-hmm. Even though that's not how you are going to accept this information. Right. And even personally for me, I have had to do a lot of really intense boundary work. I like boundary work is always intense. It's real. And in the past couple of years, and as I've dived deeper into what boundaries mean for me and what they look like, nobody tells you this and it sucks. But a big part of boundary work is just learning how to set a boundary and being okay with the fact that it's probably going to, it could disappoint someone. It could hurt someone's feelings. And more than that, it can be deeply misconstrued. I even think about that in a way of like, if you know, we're talking about boundaries and we have a similar understanding, we can have that conversation. But if I'm saying something about boundaries to someone who only understands them on a surface level, they're not, it's not going to click. It's a lot. Okay. So September 19th. Yes. It's the big like launch day. Mm -hmm. Tell me more about that. Yeah. So September 19th is our media day and that is the content creation day. We're going to be sweating. We are going to be working. (laughs) We're going to be photographing. Um, Essentially, you know, we'll paint the word um, vote on your body. You'll take the photo and then together we're all going to launch and post these photos same day, same time. I want the impact of it to be the magnitude of these images that are powerful and that are creative and that are joyous and strong around voting and being literal movers and shakers, right? And so I've certainly thought of many puns about <laughs> that, <laughs> but um, yeah, our media day is September 19th and, and it is the day to come and create your photo so that we can change the culture in the fitness world about what it means to be politically engaged. I love it. What Thank is you. voting to you? Oh man, voting to me is your, it's my civic duty. It's my way to play and politics mm-hmm. until I run for office. I'm just kidding, but not really. But Ooh, you heard it here I first. <laughs> At least unofficially. I, unofficially. I, I, you, I never say never anymore. Like I never wanted to be full time in fitness, and here I am. Here I am. So, um, but no, I, I, it's, it's a way to exercise my voice. It is truly, I think, the way that I engage. It's also a way for me to honor the people that came before me, women and people of color. Which speaking of, yeah. you know, this is the 100 year anniversary of the suffragette movement. Oh my gosh. So 100 years, <laughs> August 26th. I All right, think? women, let's go. <laughs> oh it, it feels really yeah. right. <laughs> yes, um, absolutely. And, and so it does make me really frustrated when people choose, oh, I'm not voting because I don't like the candidates. Well, it's not just about you like it is it is about you exercising your voice I understand people who don't who are like I don't want to participate in a system where I don't even feel represented or I don't feel whether it's views wise whether it is diversity I mean whatever that is I I get that but it's frustrating because then nothing will happen yeah we may never see this might be a little morbid we may never see the change that we truly want to see in our lifetimes what part do you want to play in creating that for other people it is about you and it's not about you yeah there's more things on the ballot in texas right now like one thing that i care about now that i'm a homeowner is Mm -hmm. property taxes right like the reason so many businesses cannot survive in mm-hmm. Texas is because of property tax. Right. And it's like we are taxing businesses out of their four walls. Mm-hmm. How, like, that impacts 
where we go for brunch after class. Sure. It's not just about politics or taxes. That's a great, that's a great way to put it for people who would be like, it doesn't affect me. Like, okay, I get it. I'm a renter. Right. Do you know what's included in your rent? Totally. Like your landlord passes on the increase in property taxes onto your rent. They're not just going to eat it. Mm -mm. That's that's the world we live in. That's reality. Let's face it. Sure. And it's like, I'm super fired up about, you want to raise them eight freaking percent, Mm -hmm. 8%. In California, it was 1%. One. Wow. We're at three point something here. And they want yeah. to raise it another 8%. Right. Like, anyways, I could go off on a tangent. Totally. That. But or that's just one example. And if we bring it down to ground level, it's like right. that affects businesses, yeah. coffee shops, bars, all of it. And mm-hmm. that's, you've seen a lot of turnover. Oh my gosh. In downtown course. Austin. Yeah. Because and especially issue. right now where Hutt's Burgers like gone because <laughs> they couldn't pay their property oh, tax. Gosh. So big developer came in bottom up. Uh-huh. And it's like, especially in Austin, if we value this culture of local businesses. Sure. It makes sense. Yeah. So it, there's more than just right. POTUS on the ballot. There's right. more than just Ted Cruz on the ballot. <laughs> there's more than just Governor Abbott on the ballot. Right. Like, figure out what you're voting on in your right. community. It takes such a small amount of time to be civically engaged and to yes. vote. Yes, doing the research takes a little bit of time. Right. But there's so many resources out there that will help you navigate mm-hmm. what those ballot measures even mean. Sure. We really have no excuse. And yeah. if we're willing to sit on Instagram and scroll for 37 hours, right. spend 30 minutes. <laughs> so like you're sharing your um, like screen time uh, tips and yeah. tricks. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and part of um, what I would like to create um, with fit to vote is making some of that information in a way that is digestible. Cause absolutely. I'm one of those people that's like, put it in a nice pamphlet for me. I will read it. Um, but if I have to, you know, sift through documents that I yeah. don't quite understand, I will have, I will ultimately kind of glaze out. over yeah. and you're like, all right, enough yeah. of that. <laughs> and I think, I also think that it's like the culture of millennials um, has become this, like whether you like it or not, millennials, listen, we love an experience. So if you create something that is aesthetically pleasing, that does, that has a nice font, that is a digestible mm-hmm. amount of information, I think people are more interested in reading and connecting with something like that. Yeah. And so I absolutely want to create those kinds of materials within the social media, as well as like things that we can send out. I have an email um, list that I'm starting to build and um, you can sign up for that within our Instagram. But um, you know, that's a big part of it too, is the information. I think people forget that, um, the information is easily accessible when you don't know where to look. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can, I'm certainly guilty of that as well. So where can we get plugged in Instagram? Tell us all the places. So I am currently in the works of creating a slash page. Um, our Instagram is the most easily accessible way to get connected with fit to vote. And it's at fit to vote 2020. And the number two. The number two. Fit the number two and then vote 2020. I love it. Thank you so much. Thank you. This is so fun. I couldn't think of a better conversation as we head into election season. Friend, I hope this inspired you to not only vote, but to not be afraid to have tough conversations. One thing we'll for sure need coming out of this pandemic election year is conversation. And not the kind where you hear what the other person is saying all the while formulating your rebuttal, 
but real meaningful conversation where we can work on moving our communities in a strong direction, both at the ballot box and on the bike. Get plugged in with Jenny and all that fit to vote is doing. Head on over to their Instagram at fit the number two vote 2020 and give them a follow. If you enjoyed today's episode, post it up on your social media accounts. Oh, and I'd so appreciate a rate and review over on Apple Podcasts. It literally takes five seconds. You can do this. As always, thank you for unclipping and diving into conversations that I hope inspire you to lead better in your life. Cheers, friend.